blood, this is for the tears, this is for my pain and my plight. Two walk in, but only one of us is walking out of here tonight. I'm a survivor. Fighting my life. Come on, let's stronger. I will arrive. I'm a survivor. Fighting my life. Hello people and what is up? This is Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams. Got quite a few things I want to talk about tonight. So, first thing I'm going to jump into. This past week was, well, all about the fall finales, but for the Arrowverse shows, it was the Elseworlds crossover. And, you know, of course, one of the biggest things that they hyped up about for the Elseworlds crossover was the debut of Ruby Rose as Kate Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman. And you know what? I gotta give credit where credit's due. I loved the job she did as Batwoman. I mean, she looked the part. She hid the accent, which, you know, in terms of acting-wise, which that was a lot of criticism, including my own. Although mine was just, I wasn't sure how well she could do at that role, but looking at how she did it, I think this was something that she was truly passionate about and she took very seriously. And she didn't disappoint. And I gotta say, using Chicago for Gotham City, nice touch. Because I loved how, I loved the look of it, loved using it at night and just... It was something that worked out. And I gotta say, Tyler Hecklin delivered once again as Superman. And also, uh, newcomer Elizabeth, a.k.a. Bitsy Tullock. She completely nailed it as Lois Lane. And that little paying homage to Smallville by playing the old music when it showed Smallville, Kansas. Nice touch. And I did like how they introduced Amazo and how he looked. Kind of similar to how Metallo looked, but in last year's crossover, but still good. Nice touch with Dr. Destiny, because John Deegan did look creepy as hell, but then when you, in the end of it, where you see what happened to his face, now it kind of it resembled something, something skull-like, so now he looked the part of the character we were introduced to in comics and in the Justice League cartoon. And although brief, I did like getting to see the Martian Manhunter in action in this in this crossover. I kind of wished I could have seen Nia Nall in this one too, because thus far she's been one of my favorite things about Supergirl this season. Felicity Smoke was kept to a minimum. In fact, I don't. I think I only dealt with her in the Arrow episode of the crossover. Thank God. The only thing I felt disappointed with was John Wesley Shipp as Barry Allen, the Flash, from the old TV series. It felt brief and kind of overhyped that we only got to see him for one part and then never again. Although, I will say it was a nice twist when he saw when... He saw John Diggle and says, Hey, John, where's your ring? So apparently Dig on Other Earths is the John Stewart, a.k.a. Green Lantern, that we all know. 
I wish they'd give Dig the Green Lantern Ring in this season so he'd actually be useful. He hasn't been really all that useful for the last couple of seasons of Arrow. Except for throwing up in a trash can whenever Barry Allen speeds him out somewhere. And I gotta say, um, back to the positives about it. Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell, they really delivered in having to kind of change pace, so to speak, by having Oliver Queen as the Flash and Barry Allen as the Green Arrow. It was interesting seeing them having to take on different characteristics in being each other. And also kind of interesting how both of them kind of learned something new about one another in terms of the kind of hero that they were. But, um... Of course, the hype was for next the next crossover was Crisis on Infinite Earths. That'll take place next year. I was kind of worried at first because for those that aren't familiar with Crisis on Infinite Earths, a lot of people died. A lot of people died. And unfortunately, two of them were uh, Supergirl and The Flash. Now, I'm not convinced that that's the route they're going to go with because for a few reasons. The Flash is the top-rated uh, DC comic show on the CW, and they know that the audience loves Barry Allen. And they love Grant Gustin playing Barry Allen. And as far as Supergirl goes, Melissa Benoist has become such a role model for little girls they look up to her, and she's just such a draw. No one wants to see that happen. So I guarantee that I can almost be certain that that's not going to happen. That they may do something else. We may see other characters die. Please let it be Diggle and Felicity. Please let it be Diggle and Felicity. But I doubt it's going to be Cara Danvers and Barry Allen. Now, overall with the crossover, I liked it. I liked it a lot. In fact, it left me wanting to see more Lois Lane and more Superman, and also more of Batwoman. So, did I like it? Yes. Did I like it more than Crisis on Earth-X? Eh, not quite. Not putting it down, it's just Crisis on Earth-X kind of raised the bar pretty high. Alright, next topic. So, we're looming closer to the playoffs for the NFL. My Steelers have lost three straight games, and that's just breaking my heart. And they're taking on the Patriots, who they may be a little ticked off following that loss to Miami last week. But at the same time, Patriots kind of struggle themselves and don't do very well on the road. Last I heard, um, Mahomes looks like he, he's the front runner for the MVP, which sucks because I was really pulling for Drew Brees. But we'll see what happens. And Dallas seems to be on a roll as of late, ever since acquiring Amari Cooper. But with them taking on the Colts, and things could go either way. You got There's a lot of people who are wondering when exactly Dallas's luck will run out. And, you know, speaking of the former team that had Amari Cooper, the Raiders... Only time will tell if they, if when after the draft, I mean, and whoever the Raiders pick up, whether they made the right call 
or if they screw themselves over royally by not trying to by not keeping Amari Cooper. All right, so as you can see, we've got a little bit of a good start with that. I'm going to take a quick break. So people, we'll be right back right after this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian H. Waters, host of The Wrestling Room, and you are getting the raw, unfiltered opinion of Sean Williams. Now back to Variety Bites. And we're back. Of course, that's my good friend, Brian H. Waters. Make sure you check out, for those of you that are wrestling fans, make sure you check out Break It Down with Brian H. on Here on Podbean, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and on iTunes. And, of course, check him and my good buddy, Dwayne Allen. The, I'm sorry, the real Dwayne Allen, out on the Wrestling Realm, which you can find on YouTube and on Facebook. All right, so we've got a lot of movies coming out. And, of course, this week was... This weekend, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out this weekend, and a lot of people have been praising it. And I really wanted to like this movie, but I just couldn't. I mean, the voice casting was great. I had no problem with it, but... The animation bothered me. The story... I mean, the, the first hour felt like it dragged forever. But, I mean... I liked the voice casting in it, and... You know having to keep track of each Spider-Man was taxing on me. And I just couldn't find myself to like it enough to recommend it. Next weekend, however, I think it goes without saying, is going to be the juggernaut in the box office. For the, for the family-friendly movies, you got Mary Poppins Returns, but you also got Bumblebee, and you have Aquaman all coming out next weekend. Bumblebee, thus far, has been getting positive reviews. Even a 97% rating on RottenTomatoes.com, which I don't think any of those movies, of the Transformers movies, have gotten that kind of rating. From what I heard is that it's less like a prequel and more like a hard reboot. I have no issue with that. If you can make the other movies look like this one from what I've seen, I'm all in. And meanwhile, Aquaman is already a hit in China and across the globe where they're already it's already been released. In China, they were last I had heard, it was ranked as the highest opener of the DC movies, surpassing Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, Suicide Squad, and even Wonder Woman. And last I heard it's already raked in 150 million world on the rest other side of the world. So that I never thought I would be excited for an Aquaman movie. He was never exactly the first hero that came to mind when I thought of superheroes that I liked. I kind of had the same effect on the Submariner, a.k.a. Prince Namor. To me, he just struck me as Mr. Spock with winged feet and his green speedo and he swam, a lot, and he swam underwater. Wasn't exactly, that didn't exactly strike me as an impressive power. But, and I still think that Jason Momoa is going to surprise a lot of people with how he plays the character of Arthur Curry. And with everything being talked about, that the DC Universe is going to get a reboot for the movies. I mean, you gotta, I mean, thus far, the only ones that seem to be worth salvaging and worth keeping is Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman 
And, and, well, at the moment, since we still haven't seen the movie, Jason Momoa is Aquaman. But, we'll see what happens, and it all depends on how well Aquaman does in the box office. Mortal Engines premiered also this weekend, and I just think that it's going to get slaughtered in the box office. I mean, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, the first thing I thought was, what the hell was that? I mean, I think we're, we finally reached the point where the, the young adult books turned into movies have run its course. And I'm talking like books like the Twilight series or the Mortal Instruments or just or the Maze Runner was the last example or the Divergent movies. I think we've just reached the point where those just don't work anymore. They don't draw. But um so I don't think that movie's going to do well at all. But we will see what happens. The Punisher's the Punisher season two, I should say, is set to debut on Netflix next month. I'm anxious to see this one, and I'm ready on after it's over to hear Netflix canceled that one. There's been a lot of reports on the fate of those shows, saying that either Marvel's not going to pick them up, or that they can't they can't be picked up until after 2020, or until the year 2020. Charlie Cox seems optimistic at the idea of playing Matt Murdock again, which, hey, I don't want him, of all the people that I would love to see them never recast that character because the previous actor did so well. Charlie Cox did the character, played the role of Daredevil so well. Uh, so that's the only, and I would be damned if they could find anybody that plays Jessica Jones better than Kristen Ritter has. No word yet on when that premieres, but um, there's, I mean, again, the only reason I'm still not dumping on, I'm not dumping on um, Netflix too hard is because of the fact that that I'm still waiting on them to premiere Lucifer Season 4. But, well, we'll see what happens. And of course we got Gotham gearing up to premiere its final season within a couple weeks. The Orville is also set to premiere its Season 2 at the end of the year. And you know, there's still some, like, of the internet fandom that's complaining about how the Captain Marvel costume looked in in the latest trailer that we saw. And it just reminded me so much of when the trailer, or when pictures of Iron Man from the movie came out and we saw the first gray armor that Tony Stark puts together out of scrap metal. And people saying, oh, God, it looks like Oscar the Grouch on steroids. And I'm like, oh, God, I hate the Internet trolls so much. I'm just going to say this one time. That costume was the Kree armor, so that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the one she has through the whole movie because we see another costume. But also, 
There is nothing wrong with Brie Larson being cast as Captain Marvel. Oh yeah, and other movies that are slated to come out within the next couple weeks on iTunes or digital, however you want to phrase it. The recent Halloween movie is going to come out, as well as Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. Never saw Goosebumps 2, but I actually did enjoy the first one. And of course, um, one movie that's slated to be coming out soon is Bad Times at the El Royale, which, you know what, I actually enjoy... I actually wanted to see that movie, but never got around to it. I mean, it's supposedly it's the dark comedy kind of thing, but hey. It can't be any worse than that Suburbicon was. They advertised that as a... As a they advertised that movie as a dark comedy. Oh, it was dark. There's just no comedy in it. And I've been doing this thing on the Variety Bites uh, Facebook group where I would put up a random thought of the night. So I'll kind of add to that one that I did tonight, which is, there are two, but slightly modified, there are two bands that I've never understood the appeal or the hype around them that some, some people praised. I've never understood the appeal of Rush. I've also never understood the appeal of Starship. I've only liked... One song by Starship, and that was the one. That was the "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now," which they played in both of the Mannequin movies. How do I even remember the Mannequin movies? I've always deemed myself as an encyclopedia of completely useless crap. Sometimes, and unfortunately, that's one of those that falls in the category of the useless crap. But I've all, in all honesty, never understood the appeal of either of those two bands. And, and before any one of you say, "What about we built this city?" That song sucked. That was a terrible song. I heard it once, and I was like, "Oh Lord, this is terrible." Never heard anything so cheesy in my life. They built this city? <laughs> Somebody ought to bulldoze that city, then. Yeah, I know, that was a bad joke, but <laughs> sue me. I told you, I'm not a professional comedian. Also found out that iTunes is going to release, apparently, the movie Willow. And yes, that was the movie that featured Warwick Davis as the, as the dwarf and sorcerer-to-be, and also featured Val Kilmer. I think that... I think they didn't know, looking back at that, because I've seen it on YouTube, I don't think they ever knew what they wanted that movie to be. Or in terms of who the, what audience they wanted to aim it towards. But it, apparently it's going to be released. I'm just not sure. I mean, I kind of think that movie falls into the ca same category as the live-action Masters of the Universe movie. And I saw the recent trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters, which will feature not only the King of the Monsters himself, Godzilla, but Gehedra, Rodan, Mothra. And so those three monsters will also be part of this. So I think if you're a fan of that, that genre, you're going to be in for a treat. And you know what? I did enjoy the last Godzilla movie, so I'm willing to 
I'm willing to give it a shot. And I'm going to wrap things up a little early tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening. This has been Variety, of course, oh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, and of course, make sure you check out my other show, The Shark Attack, for wrestling, as well as join my Facebook group, Variety Bites. Until the next time, this has been Variety Bites. I am Sean Williams, and I am out of here.